0: Hello, and welcome back to For You and For Me, a new way to listen to Monsignor Kieran Harrington's homilies. This fifth Sunday of Easter, Monsignor did not celebrate an English Mass at the Co-Cathedral of St. Joseph here in Brooklyn, so he sat down with me to share his thoughts on the day's readings. We talk about why it's important that we believe as a community of believers and not just by ourselves. We are creatures of relationship. And yet we must also take it upon ourselves to take responsibility for our faith. He admonishes us to actually live that changed life we must come to know as Christians. And he gives us a method for finding out if we are. In these sessions, what I think we'll do is let Monsignor speak for a while, and then I'll make some comments or ask him a few questions that came to mind when I was looking over the readings. Hey, Monsignor Harrington. How are you doing today?
1: I'm fantastic, Dave. What about yourself?
0: I'm doing well, thanks. Great. Uh, Do you care to share your thoughts today
1: on the fifth Sunday of Easter's readings? sure you know uh my parents were were born in ireland my mother was born in ireland my father was born here but i remember as a child going home and back to ireland and uh, when you go back to ireland if you're an irish-american very often they'll say the yanks are home Uh Uh, and uh, it's interesting because here in america we think of ourselves as irish-american but back home you're an american well this is what we're hearing a little bit in acts of the apostles right the hellenists versus the hebrews the hellenists were those uh, jews who were in the diaspora they've been very affected by greek culture and in some sense uh, we see this as representative also of the sadducees the priestly class is very much affected by the uh, by the greek thought Uh, and as a result we hear this dynamic being set up about the hellenists are being discriminated against by the hebrew speaking because the pharisees were the the Pharisees those were the ones who were the most protective of the law Mm -hmm. and national identity Jewish identity so as distinct from what it was to be in the broader culture why is that a why does that become a significant um, contribution we started to see that in the early church these problems social problems that the church is a bit of a society right Mm -hmm. once you start to involve people you start to bring a society into the equation. This is why Pope Francis said famously, am I political? Of course I'm political, I'm a human being. Everybody's political. That's what it is to be a human being. Right. So then what does that say for us? Well, notice what we hear from St. Peter, right? Peter says that you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart. This is uh, something which is significant. Again, we're hearing about there is a society being set up. So what, again, does that suggest to us? You know, today, your age group, maybe as uh, those who are a little younger than me, they will often say, you know, Father, I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. Mm-hmm. You know, the spiritual person is it's me and Jesus. Mm-hmm. The religious person recognizes that I'm part of. Of a broader community, and that somehow my relationship with Christ involves you. Right. And then I think then gets to the third part of what we're hearing in the gospel. Notice what St. John is speaking to us of be not afraid. I am with you always. This is the question about uh, that Jesus is really speaking to us about what's important about our faith. And it's a relationship with a person, the person of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. right? that somehow this relationship with the person of Jesus Christ changes my life. So we as Catholics particularly have to be on guard that we don't kind of say, what makes me a good Catholic? Well, what makes me a good Catholic is I go to Mass on Sundays, I say my prayers, I go to confession, uh, that I uh, don't eat meat on Fridays and Lent, and I fast and abstain on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Mm-hmm. Well, that's nice, except you know what, I never mentioned the word Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, where is Jesus in that equation? Right. Jesus has got to be there. Like, somehow, all these things only make sense. I mean, I have to do all those things, but it only really makes sense in the context of my relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. After all, the church is like a family, Dave. Right, and right. this is this is what's significant, is, is that I enter into a relationship with Christ. Right. This is what my baptism is, is that I become an adopted son of the Father. Well, the fact is, is that you are an adopted son of the Father, too. So we are bound to one another as brothers right. right and our sisters are out there and somehow my faith with Jesus Christ has to impact you right. this is the sense of the broader community this is a sense that we're hearing about the struggle with an uh, acts of the Apostles so what's the modern application for us I think a direct modern application for us might be you know what is what's going on with in, uh, undocumented immigrants today now it's important for us because I'm not taking a political position here The state has the right to uh, regulate who comes into its country who goes out i mean there should be inspection of people that sort of thing so the state has the right to regulate and, and to form laws and to figure out ways in which to deal with this but christians have an obligation to people regardless of their circumstances and so what's the christian obligation to somebody who's in our midst christian obligation is this i see you as my brother or my sister and I have to assist you because of your being a child of God. Right. This then uh, kind of changes the prism. It's not the political question, simply uh, what a state must do, but rather what is incumbent upon me. If I see you hungry, I attend to your need of hunger. If I see you, if I see you without shelter, I try to help you with shelter. If I see that you are naked or alone, I try to be a companion and to clothe you. These are the things which are incumbent upon me because of what? Because I am bound to you. Right. You're not a stranger to me. Right. This is this is important, you know, uh, for me and for many people. We could be fiercely patriotic, and we mm-hmm. should be, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about America, America is the greatest place on the I, I don't care what anyone has to say. Whenever people kind of criticize America, I get bananas because here's the thing. You can come from wherever. You know, my family left Ireland because it was not opportunity for them there. Mm -hmm. That's the fact. It's a different country today, but at that time there was not opportunity. They came here because there was opportunity and they built their life here. My grandmother, my father's mother, she chose June 14th flag day as her birthday huh. because she was so committed to this uh, to this country mm. and recognizing what it done. This is the same thing for those who are coming from all parts of Latin America or, or Asia is this country offers opportunity that those countries do not. The fact is, is that your father. Could have been a cab driver today, and you could be an astrophysicist tomorrow or president of the United States. Nothing, you know, you're not bound by who your parents were or what your social right, condition was. Right. But at the same time, America is not my country. You know, my country is in heaven. Mm. That's ultimately my destination. Here, I'm just a wayfarer, I'm just journeying through this place. So, what is important for me while I'm here? is to build my relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. And and let me just say this, Dave. You know, we're all in relationship with people to different extents. You know, uh, think about the, we live in a celebrity culture, right? We live in a culture where people think they know a celebrity because they see them on Facebook or they follow them on Instagram or Twitter. They think they know. They know a lot about people, but they don't know the person right this is the challenge for christians right Right. we can know a lot about christ Mm. but we can never have had the encounter with the person Mm. and the fact of the matter is is that once you've had an encounter with the person an encounter like we're having right now you can feel the uh, chemistry you can Mm. feel the the dynamic right there's an energy as part of that once you've had an encounter that should change you Uh, and so the question for you and for me as we leave church today is how has my relationship with christ changed me and here's one way in which you can see if your life has been affected by Christ, do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God. Have faith also in me. Mm. In other words, is is do I live with a certain level of peace in my life? Remember, this is the encounter. Every time Jesus encounters the apostles, he says, "Peace be with you." Mm. As my heart is my heart resting, is it at peace? It's not that I don't face difficulty. I mean, after all, you know, the apostles were suffering from all sorts of assaults. Mm-hmm. It's not that they didn't face difficult circumstances but there was a recognition that i'm not facing this by myself that the lord is working with me and that ultimately maybe not at this particular moment but ultimately i am confident that all is going to work out for the greater glory of god let me say last thing sure you know a lot of people are very fatalistic deterministic you know, and so a lot of times I hear people say to me, "You know, I'm not worried. I lost my job. I'm not worried. God's in control. I lost my house. I'm not worried. God's in control." And I think that that's you know very noble. But but let's not be deterministic here, mm-hmm. right? It's not like a, you know I can just kind of God runs everything in my life, because if that's the case, then you'd say, well, if somebody gets sick, God did this, and if I lost my job, God did that too. Right. It's not supposed to be removing responsibility. No, right? that's right. Mm-hmm. God is. God's walking with you. Mm-hmm. So what, what our faith convinces us of is not that there's not going to be a difficult moment. But what the faith is saying is is that as you go through a point where maybe your spouse uh, and you are fighting or having difficulty, maybe as you go through a difficult patch with your employer, maybe lose your job, maybe lose your house, what our faith is saying is, is you're not going through that experience by yourself,
0: mm-hmm.
1: You know that God is walking with you. God's not making that happen. But God is giving you His grace so that you might make decisions, uh, so that might uh, advance your own life and ultimately gladden your heart. Mm-hmm. You may not see that at this particular moment, uh, but we have faith and our conviction is, is we'll see that the time to come. This is what it means when we say you're a chosen race, mm-hmm. a royal priesthood, a people set apart. That God is choosing you for a specific purpose, you have the choice whether you're going to cooperate with what he wishes to do. And it's all about that relationship with the person. If you have a very strong relationship with Christ, then you're going to to be able to have faith which moves mountains, right? Mm. You're going to do incredible things. And this is what we call the saints. Mm. You know, this past week, we think about uh, who are we celebrating. We think about, you know, these three children from uh, from Fatima, Mm. you know, who have an encounter with the Blessed Mother. They have incredible faith. Young children, incredible faith. How is it that... For you and for me, we've had this encounter with Christ, and that faith is going to allow us to be fearless in the proclamation of the gospel.
0: Right, right.
1: Thank you. Thanks,
0: Thank you. Dave. Kind um, of a, a couple questions for sure. you, um, just that maybe they came up. So, we you were talking about um, you know, spirituality individually versus the lived spirituality of someone who's religious, as we say, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and that that sense of community that is sort of necessary. To, um, and I, I wondered if if you would agree that um, the It's been prefigured that we should have this community aspect by the way that that God has interacted with his people over the years, right? He he constantly enters into these covenants with us, right? And and isn't that sort of indicative of the way that he wants us to be in relationship with each
1: other? Well, God is in relationship with God's self, right? There's God, Father, Son, and Spirit, right? So we know that God is in a relationship and we are in the image and likeness of God. So he creates us that, that we're built for relationship. And if you think yeah. about one of the toughest things, you know, we live in New York. One of the toughest things is, is that you live in a city where there are 8 million, 14 million people in the greater metropolitan area. But you can feel very much alone. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a real challenge for somebody to feel alone in the midst of all these people. Right. Uh, God creates us to be In relationship. And after all, we come into this world as a result of a familial relationship. Mm -hmm. So God's creating us uh, in relationship and He's inviting us to share in His relationship. Right, right. This is a problem with spiritualism, right? Spiritualism is basically a narcissism. It's closed in on itself. Right. Right? I, can, I can do everything myself. Why do I need God for this? That's right. Why do I need other people? Right. right other right. people don't inform. Other people don't challenge me. Mm-hmm. Other people don't question me. And, and and that is really what is uh, at the heart of things. And, and frankly, if you want to think about this, is, you know, spiritualism is what religion checks spiritualism because you can get people like, uh, you know, Hitler uh, and Stalin and all these who can be very superstitious mm-hmm. right they don't have a defined notion of faith and god right it's unchecked right and and it's in these areas where god is basically pushed to the margins and are are the experience, religious experiences pushed to margins, that great atrocities, evil has been done man to man. Religion has not done the greatest evil Mm. in the world. It's It's misunderstanding of it, right? No, it's not even misunderstanding. It's when you remove God from the equation. Listen, here's the fact Mm. is that Hitler was not a believer, Right. right? Hitler was not a believer. And neither was Stalin. Right. And collectively, they killed like 45 million people.
0: Well, I was thinking of, uh, you know, there's, there's been plenty of holy wars though, right? Done in the name of God. But isn't that just really a misunderstanding of what God's intention was? If he's the That's true. Peace.
1: I mean, religious people have done bad things. Right. Religious people have done bad things. Right. But when you take at the heart of the matter, it's not that religion has caused. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's, but 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 more to my point is, is mm-hmm. that that's true. Religious people have done bad things. Mm-hmm. But when you take God out of the equation... Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, Sally bar the doors because then you get all sorts of evil, which is completely unchecked. And we saw that in the last century with right. this First World War, the Second World War, EDMI, all these ne- all these atrocities. Right, right, right.
0: Um, I also was was noticing. Um, just one more question for sure. you. Um, kind of a. I was trying to draw some parallels between the the readings. You know, and in, in the Acts of the Apostles reading, um, we see that these these Hellenistic widows are being neglected. And then in the, you know, the, the first letter of St. Peter, we see that, the, you know, the, they have has the, that famous quote, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. So we have this neglecting and rejecting. And, and, and I was trying to kind of reconcile that with the gospel reading. Do
1: you see a parallel there? Well, I mean, here's the thing is, is Jesus is always pushing us. And Pope Francis is, I mean, if you're a Catholic today and you don't understand this, you know, you really haven't been paying attention. You know, Pope Francis is really pushing us to the margins. Uh, We have to be attentive to the people on the margins. Uh, You know, it's not just a church which is poor, uh, but a church of the poor, Mm. right? Mm. So this is what we are, so that we're focused on those who are uh, in uh, places where they are on the margins of society—that's mm-hmm. what the Pope has been reminding us—and and by his example, I think a great example he gives us is going to Egypt, right, mm. where you have a, a Christian population, which is maybe, you know, fifteen percent of the population, uh, a Catholic per- population, Catholic population, which is much smaller, but this is a community that's on the margins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes there and he doesn't go. He goes there at a time when there's a great persecution. You know, Pope right. Tawadros almost was killed. Right. Uh, he goes there. He doesn't have a bulletproof. Refuses
0: the Pope Mobile. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: He goes there and walks among the people. You know why? We can be fearless if we are a person right. of faith. But where do we go? And he's so much more relatable, right? That's he, right. You're close. You're proximate. Right. 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 That's the key thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's great. That's great.
1: Well, thank you for your time. Thanks, Dean.
0: As always, uh, this, is, this has been great.
1: It's good to be with you.
0: And I think that you are not scheduled again next, next uh, week for uh, a mass, so we'll be doing this again.
1: All right. I'm looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks. It's good. <laughs> and maybe I can get Monsignor to silence those message notifications next time. I really do appreciate Monsignor answering my questions. You can tweet comments or questions to the Twitter handle at MonsignorH and with the hashtag FYAFM or email me at podcast at desalesmedia.org, and I may be able to address them the next time we do a face-to-face episode like this one. For You and For Me is brought to you by Desales Media Group. Please subscribe in iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. I personally use Podcast Addict on my Android phone. For Monsignor Karen Harrington, I'm Dave Plisky, and these are his words to live by, For You and For Me.